Section 12 of Historical Sketches of the Catholic Church in Oregon During the Past Forty Years by Francis Norbert Blanchet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Rejoicings in the Archdiocese Arrival of the Bishop of Walla Walla Consecration of Bishop Demur Condition of the Dioceses from the arrival of the archbishop to the sad event which put the catholic missions of oregon upon a brink of their ruin there was but festivities and rejoicings in the archdiocese especially at st paul the presence of the archbishop in the church on his throne with episcopal insignia surrounded by a numerous clergy the beauty of the chant music and solemnity of the service were drawing the faithful who could not be weary of contemplating the beauties of the house of god on sundays august twenty ninth and september fifth the archbishop mounted the pulpit and gave some details of his journey on the third sunday he administered the sacrament of confirmation to a large number of persons on the fourth sunday he made an ordination raising deacon joyel to the priesthood on the fifth sunday he gave confirmation at fort vancouver on the sixth seventh and eighth sundays he was at st francis xavierius mission of cowlitz where he remained two weeks and which then contained twenty-five families one hundred eighty-six souls of whom one hundred thirty adults and fifty-six children and seventy-four communicants he confirmed there fifty persons celebrated high mass on the second and third sunday the office before noon and afternoon was made solemn by the plain chant and the singing of french impressive canticles by the two choirs of men and women he witnessed once more the successful efforts of the two first missionaries in teaching in the french missions the first couplet of a large number of french canticles which were sung on sundays and weekdays by the whites as well as by indians in paddling their canoes he was at st paul on the ninth sunday made an ordination in october thirty first that of deacon delorme to the priesthood on the following day all saints a pontifical high mass was celebrated with a solemnity as to chant music and ceremonies not witnessed before in fine the thirtieth of november eighteen forty seven feast of the apostle st andrew falling on a tuesday put the crown to all the previous festivities and rejoicings of the faithful by the episcopal consecration which the bishop-elect of vancouver island received in the church of st paul on that day at the hands of the archbishop in the presence of numerous clergy and a large number of faithful while the archbishop was on sea sailing for his archdiocese the bishop of walla walla who was consecrated on september twenty seventh eighteen forty six left montreal for st louis in march eighteen forty seven commencing from there a journey of five months in wagon on the plains he reached fort walla walla on september fifth seven days after the arrival of the archbishop at st paul he was accompanied with nine persons viz forefathers o m i of marseilles and two lay brothers and two secular priests rev father bruyer v g of walla walla rev mr riasso and guillaume leclerc a deacon he was heartily received by the commandant of the fort mr mcbreen and family who were catholics and treated with his clergy with great attention and respect 
by the arrivals from france and canada the ecclesiastical province of oregon city possessed in the fall of eighteen forty seven three bishops fourteen jesuit fathers four oblate fathers of m j thirteen secular priests including a deacon ordained in eighteen forty nine and a cleric t mesplier ordained in may eighteen fifty thirteen sisters and two houses of education the archbishop started with ten priests including t mesplier two jesuit fathers at st ignace's residence thirteen sisters and two educational houses the bishop of walla walla was starting with three secular priests including a deacon four oblate fathers of m j and twelve jesuit fathers at the rocky mountains the bishop of vancouver island had not even one priest to accompany him to victoria such was the situation on the eve of a most eminent danger the whole mission of oregon having been divided in eight districts the three seas comprised to the sea of vancouver island were attached the districts of new caledonia and prince charlotte island to the sea of oregon city was attached the district of nisqually the sea of walla walla were attached these districts of colville and fort hall on a later occasion the columbia river and parallel forty six became the line of division between the dioceses of oregon city and nisqually from the pacific to the rocky mountains the three seas and the districts attached to them contained numerous tribes of indians who had been visited several times by the catholic missionaries and converted in great part to the catholic faith they were calling for priests since eighteen thirty eight the time had arrived to see their earnest desires accomplished this was to be the case of the cayuses living on the umatilla their camp being thirty miles from another cayuse camp situated on the walla walla a few miles from the fort the first camp was catholic at heart and their chief tamatoa offered a home to the bishop the diocese of walla walla had this specialty that it had already three presbyterian missions one at wailatpu on the walla walla among the cayuses mentioned above established in eighteen thirty six by dr whitman another at lapway on the clearwater six days journey from the walla walla fort established in eighteen thirty six among the nez Perces by minister spaulding and the last established in eighteen thirty eight by mr ellis among the spokans hence the trouble the bishop being regarded as an intruder the object of the fathers o m i being the evangelization of the indians they left fort walla walla with father richard their superior early in october to go and found a mission among the indians of yakima the bishop of walla walla left the fort with his clergy for the catholic camp of the cayuses on october twenty seventh and reached the place the same day a saturday the arrival of the bishop of walla walla with his clergy to the fort was a thunderbolt to the presbyterian ministers especially to dr whitman he was wounded to the heart by it he could not refrain from expressing his great dissatisfaction saying he would do all in his power to thwart the bishop such was the situation of affairs and the sad prospect of the bishop on sunday november twenty eighth the eve of the terrible tragedy which brought the catholic missions and its establishments in oregon upon the brink of its ruin for at the sight of the good already done and to be done by the army of the zealous missionaries just arrived 
the devil shaking with anger and rage resolved to make his last efforts to utterly ruin the catholic clergy on this coast hence the horrible drama the dr whitman and wife murder the immigration of eighteen forty seven had brought dysentery and measles among the protestant camp one hundred ninety seven of them had succumbed to the epidemic the indians already much displeased with their teacher dr whitman for his lack of good faith and fidelity in his promises suspected him of poisoning them they were confirmed in their suspicion by the report of a certain half-breed of the place called joseph lewis raised in the eastern states saying he had heard at night dr whitman his wife and minister spaulding speaking on the necessity to kill them in order to seize their lands and adding if you don't kill them you will be all dead next spring thereupon the death of dr whitman was resolved on sunday the twenty eighth six other indians were buried on monday the twenty ninth eighteen forty seven after having buried three others of their brethren a certain number of them went to dr whitman's establishment about two or three p m and entered his yard carrying weapons concealed under their blankets while the few men were busy they began their work of destruction by butchering the doctor his wife and eight other americans that day on monday november thirtieth the vicar-general having to go and baptize some sick children at the protestant cayuse camp according to promise he started and arrived there at seven p m there it was that he heard of the atrocious drama he passed the whole night awake on the morning of december first after baptizing the children he went to the dreadful place of the massacre consoled the woman kept in the doctor's house washed the bodies and buried them with the assistance of a frenchman called stanfield who had been spared and all that in the presence of the murderers and going once more to console the women he started in haste in order to meet and save minister spaulding's life who was coming on that day from the cayuse camp to the doctor's house narrow escape of mr spaulding the lives of father bruyer bishop and clergy in great danger the prisoners redeemed and carried to oregon city by chief factor ogden father bruyer was much pained when in starting he saw one of the murderers following him with his interpreter who was an indian he had barely made three miles when he observed the minister spaulding coming in who at once called for news the vicar-general hesitates the minister urges him the vicar-general evades his questions and keeps an animated conversation with interpreter and murderer he begs for mercy and the life of the minister the murderer hesitates and says at last he must go and consult his friends and forthwith starts at full speed then father bruyer reveals to mr spaulding the horrors of the slaughterer the subject of his conversation with the murderer the object of his running back and recommends him to take a determination at once if he wishes to save his life as the murderer will soon return mr spaulding is struck with terror he utters sad lamentations asks many questions and knows not what to resolve upon 
he asks and receives provisions and father bruyer leaves him still talking with the interpreter at last he rushes to the forest at dusk in the evening the vicar-general had scarcely made a few miles when he heard the racing trot of horses they were three men and gave vent to their great displeasure when they did not see mr spaulding from that day the life of father bruyer was not safe from danger he was held responsible for the escape of the minister that night he passed also without sleep on thursday december second he reached the young chief tamatoi camp early on learning the atrocious deed the bishop and clergy and the whole camp were struck with consternation a few days after an express arrived from fort walla walla informing the bishop that his life and the lives of the priests were in great danger on the part of a certain number of indians who could not forgive father bruyer for having deprived them of the chance of adding another victim to the ten first ones on the third the bishop assembled the chiefs expressed the deep pain and sorrow he felt at the enormous crime and recommended them earnestly to use their influence in order to save the widows and orphans the chiefs answered that they had no hand in the massacre and would use their influence to save the lives of the captives a few days later a young man who stayed in the doctor's mill twenty miles distant was also killed the rest had the chance to escape on the tenth the two sick men who were spared on the day of extermination were drawn from their beds and cruelly massacred on the eleventh one of the captives was carried away to the tent of one of the chiefs on december sixteenth the bishop received a letter dated tenth from mr spaulding relating the hardships of his six days travelling but at night partly on foot begging him to tell the indians that the americans would not make war and the americans not to come for revenge and to send his letter to the governor on december twentieth the great and, and subaltern chiefs repaired to the bishop's house to hold a council before him and his clergy in which after a long talk and deliberations a manifesto was drawn and given to the bishop to be sent to the governor with a letter from him the bishop availed himself of the occasion to recommend once more and earnestly that they who had carried away some of the captives to return them without delay as soon as the sad tidings of the wailatpu massacre had reached fort vancouver chief factor ogden knowing the importance of a prompt action started without delay to come to the help and rescue of the captives on reaching fort walla walla on december nineteenth he sent an express to notify all the chiefs to come and assemble at the fort on a first invitation the bishop begged to be excused on a second he came down with his clergy the assembly took place on december twenty third chief factor ogden strongly deprecated the horrible massacre threw the blame on the chiefs for not restraining the young men and said he did not come on the part of the americans but only on the part of the hudson bay company he would not promise peace but would employ his influence to obtain it that he had come to redeem the prisoners and expected he had not come in vain the chiefs answered him that in consideration of his age white hairs and the assurance that he was unable to deceive them they would grant his request 
the nez perces chiefs consented to release mr spaulding his family and other americans held as hostages on december twenty ninth the prisoners of wailatpu fifty-one in all arrived at the fort those of lapway eleven in all arrived on january first eighteen forty eight under an escort of fifty warriors a high price was paid for all the captives the following day was fixed for the departure now most urgent on account of the strange rumors which circulated among the indians that the americans were at the dalles coming for a revenge which rumors might in a moment make the indians change their minds and try to keep the prisoners as hostages the bishop accepted a passage on the boats he was accompanied by rev mr rousseau and by father richard o m i in spite of all the diligence made by chief factor ogden the boats ventured into the stream but at two p m just in time to escape the fifty cayuse warriors who arrived scarcely an hour afterwards to kill mr spaulding and no doubt keep the others as hostages at the dalles the minister spaulding showed the true spirit which animated him towards the indians quite different from that expressed in his letter to the bishop of walla walla in urging major lee to go in haste in order to take them by surprise and in designing to major magone those who deserve death with the exception of five or six to be spared the boats reached fort vancouver on january eighth on the tenth chief factor ogden delivered the prisoners to the governor at oregon city with the letter of mr spaulding to the bishop the manifesto of the chiefs accompanied by the bishop's letter to the governor the editors of the Oregon Spectator would publish but a part of Mr. Spaulding's letter, but Mr. Ogden, saying, must publish all or nothing, they consented, but with much repugnance. On January 15th, the Bishop of Walla Walla, after hard trials and eminent dangers, arrived safe at St. Paul, the residence of his brother, the Archbishop of Oregon City after the bishop's departure the vicar-general bruyer left fort walla walla and returned to umatilla with mr leclerc he remained there till february twentieth in the midst of thousands of rumours of troops at the dalles of battles and of villages being burnt he had promised the cayuses of his mission to remain with them as long as the peace would last so he did in spite of many dangers on the part both of the indians and the americans the first fight with the americans having taken place on february nineteenth he thought he was disengaged from his word and left the following day for fort walla walla but the indians were so displeased with his departure that they plundered his house and set it on fire and as the commissioners called by the chiefs to treat on the peace were leaving on march thirteenth he availed himself of the occasion to go down with his companion he was accompanied by the reverend fathers Chiruz, Pandosi, and others of the Yakima mission, all en route for St. Paul of Willamette. Effects of the Murder and War Upon the Catholic and Protestant Missions The murder of Dr. Whitman and others had the effect of bringing in eminent danger the lives of the bishop and his clergy. The war which followed brought the Cayuse mission to an end, only for a short time, for a few months after the cayuses of umatilla recalled their priests and the bishop started from vancouver january fourth eighteen forty eight to return to them 
he reached the dalles when he was forbidden to go further by mr lee superintendent of indian affairs and he began a mission at the dalles which was a part of his diocese the oblate fathers returned unmolested to the yakima mission about the same time very different were the effects of the murder and war upon the presbyterian missions of wailatpu lapwe and spokane they had for effects their total destruction for ever for not only no indians recalled their ministers but none of them would have been safe there knowing this the ministers ellis and walker hastened to leave their spokane mission at the beginning of the war under a strong escort black in gratitude and infamous calumnies of mr spaulding the catholic church is in danger in lower oregon a petition to the legislature against the priests the loss of the ministers and their friends was too great not to be deeply felt to their grief succeeded fits of anger which they discharged upon the bishop and his clergy the minister spaulding shutting his soul to all the noble sentiments of gratitude and forgetting all its duties accused the bishop and his clergy of having been the instigators of the horrible massacre he published in the oregon american of eighteen forty eight an incorrect history of it containing sixteen calumnious charges father bruyer in giving a true history of the massacre boldly refuted the charges in a pamphlet of one hundred seven pages published by the freeman's journal in eighteen fifty three and republished by the catholic sentinel in eighteen sixty nine but the orally malicious charges of the minister from the beginning had already produced the evil fruits of deep and fatal impressions and the excitement became so great that the volunteers in starting said that their first shots would be for the bishop and his priests and that for several months the catholic churches and establishments in the willamette valley were in the greatest danger of being burnt down but not satisfied with that the ministers became jealous in seeing the jesuit fathers safe and quiet among the indians at the rocky mountains the oblate fathers returning to their mission at yakima and the bishop attending the prayers of the umatilla indians en route for that mission while they could not return this being too much they conceived the plan of a petition to be drawn up and largely signed repeating the infamous charges and to be sent to the legislature it was presented but by that time the good common sense of the people had made them right two-thirds of the legislature voted against it and the officers of the army their soldiers and the volunteers becoming better acquainted with the true facts on reaching the seat of war did homage to the truth in acknowledging the honourable and loyal conduct of the bishop and his clergy father bruyer's pamphlet in eighteen forty eight eighteen fifty seven eighteen sixty nine and eighteen seventy one charges renewed in eighteen sixty nine and eighteen seventy one and answered in eighteen seventy two to those who never read father bruyer's pamphlet made in eighteen forty eight and published in eighteen fifty three and who desire to know its contents we give the title of its five chapters viz one the remote and immediate causes which led to the whitman massacre two documentary evidence proving the foregoing assertion 
three review of the evidence adduced in the foregoing chapter four journal of the principal events that occurred in the walla walla country from the arrival of the bishop and his clergy until the moment they left for the lamet valley letter of father bruyer from fort walla walla march second eighteen forty eight to colonel gilliam letter of h h spaulding from clearwater december tenth eighteen forty seven to the bishop of walla walla meeting of the chiefs at the bishop's house and their manifesto arrival of chief factor ogden and redemption of the captives the bishop at the dalles en route for umatilla five summary of the principal accusations made by mr spaulding against the catholic clergy of walla walla with an answer to each of them but this was not the end of the trouble the charges were renewed this time not by one minister only nor presented only to a territorial legislature for action but by an army of ministers and presented by them for action to the highest authority in the country the senate for as the infamous and malicious charges made by h h spaulding against the catholic clergy of walla walla had reached the various protestant sects of oregon and the eastern states and were believed by them as gospel truths and whereas hostile to each other in principles they were always ready to join together in an assault on the old mother church they availed themselves of a chance of showing their hatred to her twenty-two years after the massacre on the following occasion in eighteen fifty seven a special agent of the treasury department j ross brown was sent to the far west to make a report on the condition of the aborigines and the potent causes of war between them and the white settlers on finding that father bruyer's pamphlet was an important document on the subject he embodied it in his report which the u s congress published as executive document number thirty eight eighteen fifty nine the fact remained unnoticed for ten years till on a sudden during the year eighteen sixty nine it drew the attention of seven protestant associations or sects in oregon and three in the eastern states and greatly aroused their ire because it severely reflected upon the devoted missionaries of the american board hence the many resolutions of each sect severely blaming the action of the senate calling father bruyer's pamphlet a libel on oregon's history and a gross and malicious calumny endorsing the most infamous charges of h h spaulding and ascertaining them as if after a lapse of twenty-two years and so far from the spot they had been eye-witnesses and had seen and heard all whereas colonel gilliam his soldiers and the volunteers on the spot two months after the massacre becoming better acquainted with the facts had exonerated the bishop and his clergy from all blame which the legislature did also in december eighteen forty eight by rejecting the petition repeating the charges and demanding the expulsion of the priests from the indian country the action of these ten protestant sects having been embodied in a pamphlet of eighty-one pages the same was passed by mr spaulding to mr a b meacham superintendent indian affairs in oregon and passed by him to mr delano secretary of the interior who presented it to the senate on february eighth eighteen seventy one and is known as executive document number thirty seven eighteen seventy one 
this executive document number thirty seven eighteen seventy one was ably answered and victoriously refuted in eighteen seventy two by father bruyer and the catholic world by the first in a pamphlet of eighteen pages in double column which the catholic sentinel reproduced in july and august eighteen seventy two and wherein he declares unreliable and malicious the evidences of the ten churches and proves that point of evidence under the following heads one falsification of official reports two falsification of depositions three falsification of quotations four falsity of statements by the second in an article of eighteen pages in double column to be found in the magazine of february eighteen seventy two wherein it says of the executive document number thirty seven eighteen seventy one Quote, we have had recently placed before us an official document printed at the public expense for the edification of the united states senate and no doubt widely circulated throughout the union under the convenient frank of many pious members of congress in which are reproduced calumnies so gross and falsehoods so glaring that we consider it our duty not only to call public attention to it but demand from our rulers at washington by what right and authority they print and circulate under official form a tissue of falsifications misrepresentations and even forgeries against the religion and the ministers of that religion which is professed by five or six millions of free american citizens End quote. we give here below as a curiosity the strange names of the ten churches or associations mentioned above viz the oregon presbytery of the united presbyterian church the oregon presbytery of the cumberland presbyterian church the oregon presbytery of the united presbyterian church the congregational association of oregon the oregon annual conference of the methodist episcopal church the pleasant butte baptist church of oregon the christian brotherhood of the state of oregon the steuben presbytery of the presbyterian church new york the citizens of Steuben, Allegheny, and Chemung counties, New York, the citizens of Oberlin, Ohio. Of these associations and hundreds of self-established churches, which obstinately and so constantly fight against the old Mother Church of Christ, we would say, if these would allow to God as much wisdom and sense as to a man willing to build a high fabric, they would understand that he who made the heavens and earth so perfect and so lasting for the sole enjoyment of man must have made most perfect and lasting that is infallible his church made for a higher object the salvation of souls so dear to him therefore no need of the so-called reformation therefore the teaching of that ark is the sin of oza it brings death and damnation an indian understands that at once made tangible to him on the catholic ladder end of section twelve